So we're continuing with the, um, the aspects of the foundations of mindfulness that deal with the mind. And last class we were working with um, just uh, being able or beginning to see how we can just observe mind states just as mind states and not get uh, absorbed into them, identified with them, lost by them, hijacked by them, but just see thoughts and moods and emotions as thoughts and moods and emotions without having to make anything out of them by just knowing them as they are. And as I was saying last time, you know, this, this ability to see mind states as mind states and not react to them, not identify with them, not get hijacked by them, not, not spin with them is an, an, enormous, an enormous key to freedom. Because for most of us, we spend our whole life where we're reacting to um, the stuff that arises. We like it, we don't like it, we get invested in it, we proliferate around with it, and we're not just watching it as it is, as it's arising. And so the third foundation of mindfulness gives us instructions where we are able to be with it without any sense of needing to judge it, needing it not to be there, needing to engage with it, needing to identify with it, it's just such. It can just be just exactly the way it is, and there's not doesn't need to be a problem. Okay, so when the mindfulness is strong enough, when the clarity is strong enough to be present with what's arising, without any grasping or pushing or opinion or judgment, okay, that we are believing in, then there's a kind of freedom that happens because. We no longer have to lean into the thought. We can relax into the knowing of the thought. And as we're relaxing into the knowing of the thought, then we're opening up to an awareness that is uh, wide and open and spaces and suffuses everything. And that awareness has a very different quality than the mind state that it is aware of. So, awareness of fear is not frightened. Awareness of anger is not angry. Awareness of lust is not lusting. Awareness of depression is not depressed. The awareness is clear. It's not tainted by the object of what it knows. And so this simple way of being with it by just watching it in awareness creates a huge space because then we can choose what we do when we are experiencing things rather than react or believe or follow, which has been usually the way we spent most of our lives, reacting and following and believing. We believe we are our mind states. So this is a pause on that. This is a huge crowbar. This gives a lot of leverage to be able to see that there's another option other than doing it that way. So in the Foundations of Mindfulness uh, discourse, the Buddha goes on to talk about once we have this ability to see mind objects just as mind objects, where we have enough focus, enough clarity, enough clear comprehension, enough sustained attention, to see mind objects simply as mind objects, 
then the next step with that is then to begin to look at the mind objects in terms of these various different groupings. So we move into the fourth foundation of mindfulness. And the fourth foundation of mindfulness looks at mind states in terms of the hindrances, in terms of the aggregates, in terms of the six sense bases, in terms of the seven factors of enlightenment, and in terms of the Four Noble Truths. And so when we're looking at it in terms of these different categories, we're engaging with the mind states in order to maximize wholesome mind states and minimize unwholesome mind states, but not from the same kind of investment that we had before we understood how to be with this stuff without uh, really identifying with it. It feels better to be filled with wholesome mind states than to be filled with unwholesome mind states. But we don't have to identify with them even if they are wholesome. Okay? We don't have to go back into the old way of being at war with what's happening, trying to collect the things that are positive and push away the things that are negative. Okay? But we still can relate to what's happening in a way where it increases what's wholesome and diminishes what's unwholesome. Simply by watching the cause and effect of how does this stuff arise. So the hindrances are the hindrances towards ill will, which is all of the expressions of anger and frustration and envy and I even heard one teacher recently say that sadness is an expression of ill will, which was very interesting for me. So envy and anger and rage and frustration and irritation and being fed up and being cynical and being pissed off, this is all an expression of ill will. And desire, any expression of wanting or jealousy or craving or hoping for or all of that, you know, the subtle manifestations of wanting are expressions of desire. And then there's doubt. There's doubt in whether or not we can be free. There's doubt in whether or not there's an end of suffering. There's doubt in our, in, in, in our own basic goodness. There's restlessness and agitation. And then there's, there's sleepiness and sloth and... Uh, kind of like a dullness of mind. And so with each of these aggregates, there's a way of observing them so that we can watch what arises and we can see what are the conditions that give rise to their coming up. What is it that sustains their being there? And what happens when they fall away? We know the conditions that give rise to them and we know what supports their passing away. Okay, Now, the five hindrances and the seven factors of awakening, the seven factors of awakening can be used as medicines for some of the hindrances. Okay, So, for example, let's go through the seven factors of enlightenment. Mm, no, that's too much information. Let's pause here and let's see if we can just practice with the hindrances. And then the next meditation will be seeing if we can work with the seven factors of enlightenment as, a, as an antidote, as, as medicine 
for the hindrances. So I'm not going to overload you with too much. We'll, we'll take this chunk and then see if we can work with it, get a little bit more understanding of how it is, how we experience it, and then we'll see if we can add the next bit. Okay? So, um, come on in. Welcome. Would you like to have a seat on the chair or in the cushion? Yeah. Go right ahead. What's your name? Abigail. Hi, Abigail. So I was just talking about the third foundation of mindfulness and talking about the... Um, the way of working with different mind states. And um, before we go into a guided meditation with it, was there anything that you had questions about with what I shared or how to work with this in terms of application?